Do you want to stop yelling and have your child listen to? Well, I have exciting news for you. If you're hearing this right now, it means that the doors to mindful parenting are open at mindfulparentingcourse.com. This only happens for a limited time, and it may be perfect for you if you want to be that patient, calm parent, but you're afraid of being walked all over, you're losing it, and you want to be that steady, peaceful parent, you don't have a cohesive method, and you take in bad advice like just count to one, two, three. Mindful parenting is an evidence-based system that not only teaches you how to calm your reactivity, but offers you a ton of personal guidance. A lot of other parenting coaches talk about the best way to respond to your child, but guess what? They don't walk you through the research-proven practices that it really takes to create changes that actually last. Mindful parenting teaches you the specific steps to create cooperative, loving relationships for life. In Mindful Parenting, you can learn how to stay calm, even if you find yourself shouting hourly now. Be present for your child no matter what they're going through. Resolve conflicts easily without yelling or taking away the iPad. Set limits without your child resenting you for days afterward. And build trust between you and your child so that you avoid misery in the teen years. The doors are open now at mindfulparentingcourse.com. Unlike other programs in Mindful Parenting, we offer one-on-one coaching to every member and weekly drop-in coaching sessions. Don't wait anymore. You and your kids are worth leveling up. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com and join now before the doors close again. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com. I'll see you there. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 200. Woohoo! Oh my gosh. Today we're talking about how to be happier. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields, Mindful Mama Mentor. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting Membership, and I'm the author of Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind confident kids. Thank you so much for being here for my 200th episode. (sighs) That's my exciting. I wish I had like sound effects at this point, right? So I could just share my excitement. I'm so happy to be here for the 200th episode. Uh, This is very, very exciting. And for this episode, I am going to be talking to you, just me to you, plus I'm going to have some amazing friends and supporters of the podcast hop on and talk to you too at the end. Hmm. So I'm today I'm excited for you to join me as we talk about this idea of happiness, right? Like how to be happier. We all want to be happy and we deserve to experience joy in this life. But, you know, and the thing is like, 
it's possible. That's the exciting thing. Despite our negativity bias, despite our circumstances, despite the problems in the world, it really is possible. And today I'm going to tell you how to be happier. And I want you to listen for a few ideas. So one, that our brains are like Velcro for negativity. It's sad, but true. It's just how we are. Two, it takes intentional practice to be happier. And then three, there are two kinds of happiness. There's happiness with a cause and even more exciting, happiness for no reason. So I'm so excited for you to dive into this episode with me and hear my special friends and special guests too. So before we dive in, I just want to let you know that I have a few, I, well, as of this recording, I may have a few spots available in my coaching programs for 2020. They are enrolling now. I have both group coaching and one-on-one, just very limited spots in both. And this is for you if you are ready to really take the work of wanting to experience, enjoy motherhood, to, to have the accountability, to have the support, the tools that you need to really walk the talk and to, to take that shortcut to enjoying this time, actually enjoying this challenging time. And, um, and I do, and I, this is sort of the highest level of working with me And uh, you can find out more about the coaching one-on-one and group coaching at mindfulmamamentor.com under the coaching tab. And you're also welcome to reach out and ask me about it at hunter at mindfulmamamentor.com. And we can always hop on the phone and talk about it too. And before we dive in, Raising Good Humans, our special launch bonuses are going away soon. Before, if you um, buy Raising Good Humans and sign up for the launch bonuses uh, before December 31st, you're going to get all nine amazing expert interviews from the Raising Good Humans live series. It was so popular and I had so many ahas. I mean, it was amazing. So make sure you get the book before December 31st and get your book bonuses, and then leave a review on Amazon because we are, because you want to support the book and make sure many people see it and it's so important. And we're going to enter you into a special, special um, book review contest where you will be able to win a free spot in my in-person spring retreat in Philadelphia in March. So coaching programs, book bonuses, and leaving a review. You can find all the information for all those things at mindfulmamamentor.com. All right, now on to this episode. Hey there, great to connect with you. I am so happy for this 200 episode to talk to you about how to be happier, right? We want happiness. This is this is one of the biggest things in our lives, right? The pursuit of happiness. Why do we, we do the things we do? Because we want to be happy. Um, and the cool thing is, is that the tr- traditions of mindfulness and things have a lot to teach us about happiness. And I'm really thrilled to be able to share those with you today. And so if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you might think of me as a pretty happy person, positive, 
maybe even enthusiastic. A lot of people see that side of me. When I got married, my brother waxed on and on about my enthusiasm. Actually, he has a lot of enthusiasm too. And I do have a lot of enthusiasm and I have a lot of positivity. But I also wake up many mornings feeling fearful and anxious. My brain just gets me there. Whether it's from some long forgotten trauma or it's genetic or what, that just happens to be the way my brain has worked for a long time. I've often woken up with nightmares and it's decreased in recent years, but it still happens. And sometimes it's really hard for me to feel positive and I'm not alone. You know, as we've talked about many times here, we are wired for survival, not happiness. Uh, We have an innate negativity bias. You know, the, the neuroscientists describe it this way. Our brains are like Teflon for happiness and Velcro for negativity. <laughs> Not a pretty picture, right? I mean, but it's true. We're innately wired to look for what is wrong and to focus on it. And it's not your fault. It's not my fault. It's just the way humans evolved. And plus, there's a lot of difficulty in the world right now. I mean, the politics, the human rights, racism, climate change, it's really daunting. And it's not easy to be happy when others are suffering. Yet, you know, there's an incredible teacher, Wayne Dyer, he used to say, you can't become sick enough to make an ill person better. Your poverty doesn't make someone else less poor, and your misery doesn't help the world suffer less. So it, it, It's a scarcity mindset to think that there's a limited amount of happiness in the world. And if you take it up, someone else isn't going to be happy. That's just simply not true. It's just poor thinking. So please rid yourself of that thought. We want to suffer less. And we can suffer less. And we deserve to experience joy in this life. And... Despite our negativity bias, despite whatever our circumstances are, despite the problems of the world, it's possible. And I go back here to the teachings of the Buddha because human beings are, we've been the same way for a long time. So about 2,600 years ago, the Buddha said, I would not be teaching that this genuine happiness was possible unless it were so. I would not be teaching you this unless it were so. So that gives me hope on the days when I need it, that, that it is possible, right? It is possible to, to suffer less. And we can and we should because it helps bring everyone around us better. So as you make yourself happier, as you, as you cultivate the, circuit, the, the things you need to suffer less, then it helps me, it helps your children, it helps everyone you touch. Okay, so there are two kinds of happiness that we're going to talk about. And the first kind of happiness, there's two kinds. So one is happiness with a cause or some kind of, or we can call this worldly happiness, happiness based on conditions. Like, 
you know, you're psyched that you uh, got that, your honey gave you that massage gift certificate. (laughs) Hint, hint, Bill, (laughs) if you're listening. (laughs) Happiness with a cause is number one. And number two is happiness for no reason. Love this idea, right? It's not dependent on anything. This is equanimity. So first, let's talk about happiness with a cause. As we practice and lean into enjoyment, it actually can decondition our natural negativity bias. Notice I said practice. Notice I said lean into, right? Because it's true. What we practice grows stronger. So as we do this, it helps create the conditions for actually the other kind of happiness too. So we can practice leaning into the things that naturally give us joy. And we know what this kind of happiness feels like, this worldly happiness. It can be fleeting, right? It's that endorphin rush after sex or exercise. It's the taste of a perfectly ripe mango. Or it can be the more sustained in that we're like, we're really becoming connected to our partner, our child, or, or we're doing a great job on a long project. That can feel really good, really wholesome. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You know, and it can be hard for us also at times to lean into this kind of happiness. And you might think about that here. Like, you know, if you ask yourself, take a minute to think about this. Like, what's between me and happiness? 
what's between me and happiness? It might be, it might be just distraction. You just feel too busy thinking about other things to notice the good things that are here and now in your life. You forget to look at them. You forget to appreciate them. I know this happens to me. I say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I have this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it? who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the waitlist, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside mindfulparentingcourse.com. You know, and if we explore that question of what's between me and happiness more, we tend to find a couple of different things. And one of them is that we find that there's, for so many of us, we find that there's this like chronic kind of nagging sense that something's missing. So there's supposed to be something more in life. There's supposed to be something else. And for many of us as parents, like our kids were supposed to be that thing, right? And then we get this kind of something's missing feeling. Some, there should be something more feeling again. Isn't that interesting? And this is where our culture kind of jumps in and says, oh, something is missing. Yes, something's missing. And it tells us that something's missing all the time. And, and, and lo and behold, you know, the answer to what's missing is to be found in, you know, their store. <laughs> but, I mean, it's true. We get this feeling, right? I mean, I'm sure you may have had this feeling. Maybe you're, you might be nodding right now. So 
um, insight meditation teacher and author Tara Brock has talked about this. And she said, for many people, if only is, she talks about it as this idea of if only, if only I just felt better now, right now, then it would be okay. If I wasn't sick or if only things could be worked out in this particular relationship, or if only I had this type of relationship, or if only I could lose this weight or have this financial security. But it's really helpful to shine the light of awareness on the if only mind, right? So I'm hoping that this, us talking about this right now can help you shine the light of the awareness. Do you, do you get that, those thoughts of if only, or maybe it's just kind of a us feeling of if only, right? Um, another thing that feeling that gets in the way between ourselves and happiness is that is the negativity bias, the feeling that something's wrong. And it's our habit. It's just a habit of assuming trouble, right? We're we're fixating on the problem. And it, you know, I talk about this with my husband because he he gets paid in his work to really notice the problems. His brain is trained to look for the thing that is wrong, you know, obsessively as like uh, someone who works in IT. So it's like, uh, it's, it's building on a natural human trait that we all do. We all kind of look for what's wrong. We have that negativity bias, but it's really strengthening that in him. It's really interesting, right? But so is this in you, right? Is it there's there a habit of a, assuming trouble, of fixating on the problem? And we do this with our children, right? We criticize them and we only see the messes and the problems. When we're in this something's wrong mode, there's very little room for the light and the space of happiness. So how do we bring our mindful awareness to these blocks, these things that are preventing happiness and instead practice happiness? You know, mindfulness really does help enormously here. So if we can just bring that light of awareness, if we can be aware of the if only and the something's wrong thoughts, they actually just start to dissolve. They start to soften. Just being aware of those thoughts, I'm having the feeling of if only, I'm having the feeling of something's wrong, that interrupts that pattern. So you're actually just there. You're just, you're interrupting that well-worn pattern right there just by being aware of it. It's really amazing. And we really start to see these things for what they are. They're just thoughts that keep coming back on repeat, but they're only thoughts. So we have the power to start to change them. And there's more than you that you can do. So for me, I have to do more. I have to actively cultivate, choose, and practice happiness. Otherwise, my brain slides into anxiety. So I'm going to offer you two different approaches to awakening more happiness in your life. So one is mindfulness. Notice what's happening. 
notice the inter- noticing and and just interrupting those unhelpful thoughts and keep coming back to the present moment. What is real right now? Just this. I talked about that in the membership recently. Just this. How can we focus on just this? when things get crazy. So if if we notice, we interrupt those unhelpful thoughts, we come back to the present moment, to the sights, the smells, the feelings, and the sensations that are right here, right now, again and again and again. This really starts to interrupt the spiral of negative thoughts. It's powerful. And I want to give a caveat here is that you may have tried it a little bit for once in a while, but it's something that takes sustained practice over time. And you really start to notice it over time after a few months. And sometimes often with my clients, they start to notice it. Their partner starts to notice it first. So you can start to notice these things and start to notice the effects over time. But but the practice comes first in you. So you have to practice noticing and interrupting the unhelpful thoughts and coming back to the present moment with the faith that it will work for a while. Okay? You have to have, to have a little faith. Trust me, my friend. It, it really starts to interrupt that spiral of negative thoughts. So the second approach is to intentionally shift your focus and intention, attention, attention, (laughs) shift your focus and attention. So to intentionally practice happiness. So if we practice thinking in a different way, turning our attention to what brings some happiness, then that becomes our habit. What we practice grows stronger. And There's a lot of research on happiness that shows it takes an intention to turn towards happiness. So back to insight meditation teacher and author Tara Brock, she shared this in a talk. I really love this little story. Um, There's one woman, she said, there's one woman in our community in Washington, and she's a survivor, a breast cancer survivor. And she shared a conversation with a friend, a fellow survivor. Her friend asked her, what would it feel like for you to think that something good was going to happen today rather than something not so good or even bad around the corner, what would that be like? And her friend responded, totally weird and uncomfortable. And so her friend said, good, then try it. In happiness research, one of the most common denominators is that those who consider themselves happy and and their experience is happy, is that they're choosing happiness, choosing to be happy. Joy does not simply happen to us. We have to choose it every day. Because of our hardwiring, we have to practice happiness. I invite you to check in with yourself here. How does it feel to offer yourself happiness? As you listen, just try it a little. Close your eyes if you're able and say the following words to yourself as I say them out loud. May I be happy. May I be peaceful. May I be happy. May I be open to happiness. Notice what happens as you practice with this. Notice what happens in you. You know, maybe, maybe it feels good. Maybe it feels awkward. 
and you find that you're, you know, you're resistant to this kind of practice. This is really one of the first steps in cultivating this happiness is this intention towards it to recognize that if that intention is not to rec- and to recognize right that, that that intention may not be there right so i want you to have the choice about it i want you to bring this your awareness to it and there are a number of ways that you can practice happiness but it starts with the choice and it starts with the desire to be happy to model for your children a joyful life you know we can make some choices to gladden the mind. And when we do that, we become more whole, more able to meet all the challenges life presents us with. So I want to give you a few extra ways here to practice happiness, five different ways that really make a huge difference in life. Number one, gratitude. Simple ways to practice gratitude I, you know, I write down one a practice that stayed with me for a long time is that I write down five things I'm grateful for, for every night. You know, it doesn't take me long. I write a little list, one, two, three, four, five. And I repeat sometimes too, that's allowed. But it just puts my brain back in that space at night. You can practice gratitude by sharing gratitudes at dinner. Ask what you're grateful for. And at night, I ask my, at bedtime, I ask my children to name three things they're grateful for at bedtime. Sometimes they resist and sometimes they don't. And I think they've learned, I was a little persistent with this, and they learn that it feels good. It feels good. And that means it's good for us. It feels good. So another way to practice is by savoring, to really pause and stay with the pleasure, contentment, or joy, to slow down and focus your attention on the good feelings. They, uh, research says to dwell in happiness, stay with it for 18 seconds. So give yourself some time to pause and notice what it feels like in your body. Another way to practice happiness is to really practice and lean into humor, like watch comedy specials. So I had a friend in college who was a dear friend of mine and I loved him. He was this enormous guy with long dreaded hair and he was a swing dancer and he would swing me around his belly as we did some swing dancing. And he was smiling and laughing more than anyone I knew. And he watched a lot of comedies and he went dancing. He did all these things. And, and you know, at that time I was kind of angsty and arty and I, I just, I, I kind of didn't get him that much, you know? And, um, and then, and then he died. I think he was 22. He died. And I found out after that, found out after that at his funeral, which was enormously well attended, um, that when he was 16 years old, he was diagnosed with a heart condition and given six months to live. So he, he lived more than six months. He lived six more years. And so he knew his time was limited. He really knew it. He knew what we should all know, right? And he wanted to enjoy this time. He wanted to live fully. He wanted to laugh. So beautiful. And he makes me 
remember that now. And I, I often choose, I often choose the comedy over the intense anxiety provoking TV show or movie. Um, it's helpful. It's healing. It helps us lean into this happiness. And I'm going to share another sort of crazy resource that at one point on this podcast, I edited out this resource because I was so, I, I, it's, it's a little risque, my friend. <laughs> it's more than a little risque. It's really risque. So there's one of the funniest things I've ever encountered in my life is a podcast. And I know you're a podcast listener, so maybe you'll like this one too. But it's, I have to kind of put warning, uh, trigger warnings around it or warnings because it's, uh, it's, it's a little gross. So <laughs> it's called My Dad Wrote a Porno. And it, this podcast is so funny that I have like almost fallen off the stair mill at the YMCA listening to the podcast. I've found it hard to drive while listening to this podcast because I'm laughing so hard. But yeah, it's pretty gross sometimes. <laughs> but uh, it's so, so funny. And I recommend if you go listen to My Dad Wrote a Porno, go back to the very beginning. So lean into humor. Find some things Give yourself permission to go for the funny thing, the silly thing, and to lean into it. All right. Exercise is number four. Get your burn on. Work up a sweat. Get your heart rate up. You know, our bodies are really made to move, and it makes us happy. It releases endorphins, and it burns off anxieties. So move your body. It feels so good. Go to that yoga class. Go to that body pump class. You know, go for a run. Go for a walk. Like, race up the hill with your kids. We want to be able to, when we're 80 and 90, right, we want to be able to squat down low and play with children and have a great life. So we got to train for that now, actually. So get your burn on, though. It really increases your happiness. And then number five, loving kindness practice. Set that intention. Consciously wish yourself well. And I would invite you to go back to the, the Mindful Mama podcast episode with Sharon Salzberg. And she talks about, she's ta I don't know if she talks about it in this, that, our episode, but she talks about, she's a great teacher of loving kindness and talks about how when she walks through the streets of New York, she consciously says, may I be peaceful, may I be happy, may I be peaceful, may I be happy. And I do that now, it helps. You can... You can, you can walk, you know, from the parking lot to the preschool pickup saying, may I be peaceful, may I be happy. Or you can wish yourself that in the shower. Consciously wish yourself well. May I be safe, may I be peaceful, may I be happy. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. 
It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So gratitude, savoring, humor, exercise, and loving kindness practice. And then I want to share this last one I really like. So Jack Cornfield, a great teacher and author of mindfulness, talked about cultivating happiness by wishing it for others. And he said, you know, one of the things that makes it beautiful and easy to access, especially is when you're picturing someone as you do the practice and wish them well in happiness. And you can picture them as a young child on their happiest day. You know, picture them having their best adventure, their greatest birthday, their most joyful running and playing hide and seek and tickling, whatever it is to imagine that person as a child on their best day. And when you do, remember that that child is the spirit of the spirit. That child of the spirit is still in them. No matter what's happened, it's there. And there's something in us that knows that this is possible and to wish that joy to re-evoke and that it fill them and that it be allowed to blossom in their life. This is a beautiful practice to consciously wish it for others. So it gives it to ourselves too. Now, all of this is not to say that you are not allowed to feel negative emotions or it's bad to feel negative emotions. We all will. We're human. And as we accept those negative emotions, it actually softens them. But you can shift your happiness baseline. And when we understand that it takes choice and it takes conscious practice, we can make this a priority. And when we make ourselves happier, we model that for our children. We give ourselves more resources to be there for them. We grow the happiness for everyone. So I invite you to practice this today on the anniversary of my 200th episode of the podcast. I invite you to practice this and I wish you well. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this and I hope that this week you are happier than ever practicing to be happier. Um, Before you go, 
listen up because we have some wonderful guests who are going to be popping in. You might even listen for yourself. You never know. Um, I This podcast is amazing. It has brought so much to my life. I'm so grateful to be able to do it and to be able to give it to you every week and to, to support your learning. And it was it gave me so, so much joy to have these friends um, share what they think about the podcast. So listen for that. And uh, before you go, just want to remind you that I may have a few spots left in my one-on-one or group coaching programs that are starting in January. And you can go to mindfulmamamentor.com to learn more about the coaching programs. And the book bonuses, uh, special book bonuses, including the Raising Good Humans Live expert interviews are going away on December 31st. So order your copy now and sign up for those book bonuses right away so that you can get them. And please leave that review on Amazon where we can then um, maybe select you to win a free spot in the spring retreat. So cool. So lots of cool stuff happening. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the support. 200 episodes. It's been amazing. Thank you for sharing it with your friends. Thank you for all the kind words you have sent to me. It makes a really big difference when I get those emails and those uh, Instagram messages and all that stuff. It really makes a big difference to me. So when you do that, know that you're reaching me and it, it really helps, helps me to continue to do this work. Um, please hang. I'm going to, I'm going to have some, some great people send us out in this podcast. So listen for some amazing listeners just like you and what they have to say about the Mindful Mama podcast. Hi, Hunter. My name is Katie and I'm calling from Colorado. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for your podcast and your inspiration and all of your advice. Um, I can't even believe how much it's changed my perspective on parenting. I have read so many articles and listened to podcasts and books and all these different things about how to talk to your kids and train them and teach them and, you know, make them into the people you want to be. And it really never hit me about, uh, it's about me. It's about my emotions. It's about my thoughts on their emotions. It's about me being calm and me being grounded. Um, that makes them grounded and makes me be able to give them the right message. And it just seems so simple, but it never quite hit me before. I started listening to your com- uh, your um, podcasts and everything and all your different guests, but just the, the work that you've done too. So I wanted to say thank you and thank you for opening my eyes and uh, <laughs> also closing my eyes and doing some meditation. And I just really appreciate it. Thanks for all you do. I will be forever grateful. Hey there, uh, this is Andrea. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I just want to say real quickly that I just started listening to podcasts again. Um, I kind of fell off, and I came across yours, your channel, and I love it. I love it so much. I'm so hooked, but your most recent episode, Do Less, was amazing, and I had to share it with all my girlfriends because uh, I mean, of course, I think it's great for everyone to hear it, but the whole conversation about the lunar phases and the four phases of the menstrual cycle and how we're so in sync with mother nature. Um, it, it, I love that. It was, it was so beautiful. I've always felt that way, even 
when I was younger and not really understanding that or ever talking about it in that way. But um, it's great. And I, I think it's so important for us to to know this. So thank you so much. It's so important for us to understand this. And we do need to be more in tune. And I think it's really good to teach this, to educate other women because Wow. I mean, talk about mindful conversations. <laughs> um, and also to answer real quick, um, the reason why we feel like we need to do something is because we want to be worthy, I think. So thank you for letting us know that we can just do less and still feel that way. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> First of all, I want to say congratulations, Hunter, for your 200th episode. That is just amazing. Um, the Mindful Mama podcast has been such a source of inspiration and empowerment for me as a mom and as a woman. And I think I'm addicted, actually, because I listen to you whenever I get the chance. And I just love knowing that I'm not alone and that I can change my life for the better one step at a time. I've gradually become a less reactive parent and I practice daily meditation. And by being more aware of my thoughts, I'm, I'm just being a better parent. Thank you so much for this amazing podcast, Hunter. Your work is truly a gift. This is Shannon from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. And I have learned that I can be firm and hold limits while at the same time being calm and caring. Hunter has taught me so much more, but this has been my biggest game changer. Hi, Hunter. This is Robin. Your um, podcast has been such a gift to me. Um, initially, when I first saw the your title that you go by, Mindful Mama Mentor, that just jumped out at me because um, I too am called a mama by my three beautiful children. Um, and yeah, just your your heart, your genuine spirit that I can tell from the voice, from your voice and the way that you described um, where you started out as a mother and in this motherhood journey really spoke to me and was really healing. So it's been a joy to look forward to each podcast each week and see how it can feed into my life and what changes I can make. Um, so I'm just very grateful for stumbling upon um your work. I don't even remember honestly where I came across it, but um, that doesn't matter. I'm just glad that I'm here and that I can hear your work and the people that you interview and have on the podcast um, and the work that you've put together in the um, parenting course. That's been just a huge gift to myself and then it has been a gift to my family. Hi, this is Larissa from Wyoming. And wow, Hunter, you have been inspirational for me and my husband in our parenting journey. I just actually finished 365 consecutive days of meditation after completing your course, um, Mindful Parenting course last year, last fall. And it's just been so life-changing for for us. And I'm excited to be on the book launch team. And I'm now in the midst of reading your book, which I highly recommend to everyone. And every week, the podcast, it's always exactly what I need to hear what I was thinking about that week without fail. It's just been so inspiring. And 
every friend I see that is struggling as a mom, I always repeat your phrase of you cannot give what you do not have. And that will stick with me. It has been incredibly changing for my my life as a mom. And I had read all the books and I knew all the right things to say, but none of that mattered if I was parenting from a place of stress and overwhelm. So thank you so much, Hunter. Um, way to go on 200 episodes. Hi, I am leaving a message for the Mindful Mama podcast episode number 200. Uh, I'm just telling some big overall takeaways that I've had, which are many, but I've narrowed it down to some helpful things that I've been using recently. Uh, From episode number 184, How to Handle Tantrums, I was really thankful for the reminder to play. I have a two and a half year old and putting shoes and socks on works great when that sock turns into a puppet. Also, putting his clothes in the dryer, genius. He loves getting dressed with warm clothes. It's like a special treat. Also, episode number 187, Becoming an Emotion Whisperer. Um, Reminded that emotions are messengers, and when I take the time to listen to the message that my emotions are giving me, really becoming more observant and uh, curious about what does this... Is this emotion coming up at the same time of day? Am I getting enough sleep? These kinds of things. And lastly, I'd have to quote every episode, but the reminder to have a daily self-meditation or yoga practice is key. Do I have that every day? No, but I'm working towards it. And I'm really grateful for the reminder in all of your episodes. Thank you, Hunter. I appreciate your episodes. Thank you so much, Larissa, Robin, Shannon, Adelina, Anonymous, and Andrea and Taylor. Thank you so much for sharing your voice with me and for sharing what you had to say about the Mindful Mama podcast. It has touched my heart enormously to hear your words, and I just want to give you such a big shout out. Thank you so much for being an amazing supporter. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I'm wishing you a beautiful week. Namaste. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. 
and let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking